When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Our podcast. Oh, I keep do- I keep doing it like that. I need to find a new way of... You're uh, really going for that old school garage vibe, aren't you? Like... Yeah, but I always go for the old school garage vibe. I, I, need, to th- I need to think of something new. Like, maybe listeners could write in. Maybe you could do it like a country and western singer. Do you know what, Tom? Yeah. What are we? 30 seconds in, you've come up with a brilliant idea. Could you please write in suggestions for how I can introduce this podcast? What I would love is if you didn't suggest accents that would get me cancelled. would be great. Which would be the like, best accent you could do it in, like a sort of... Uh, well, I haven't got many accents. I'm not quite as gifted as you. I'd like to see you like do some sort of ditty. Um, yeah. Well, we've got a theme tune. Haven't we? Are you saying on top of that, you'd follow up the theme tune to the podcast with another song? With like a little, no, a little ditty, like "Hello there, I'm Ramesh. They call me the gorgeous Al. With me, a ferocious wolf whose actual name is Tom." Okay, so you don't <laughs> want it to rhyme at all, no? <laughs> it doesn't have to rhyme. Ditties don't always rhyme them. Do they not? No. I, I found that quite frustrating. What, that, that song? No, I like the song and I liked your voice and I liked the delivery and I liked everything about it. It's just that when you set up that something's going to rhyme and then it doesn't rhyme, I find that a bit... In country and western music, I, which I am quite a big... I quite like, I quite enjoy. Favourite artist? Willie Nelson, probably. I love Willie Nelson. As soon as Willie Nelson's voice just starts, I just sort of feel that I'm laying next to him in a sort of yeah. forest and sort of like he's got his guitar and I'm just sort of laying down looking at sort of up at the trees and the starry sky and he's just... He's... Uh, it's weird. When I when I hear music that I like, I just sort of enjoy it. I don't imagine I'm in Brokeback Mountain with the artist. <laughs> yeah, look, any Western, he's just sort of like, we've made camp. He's gone, well, why don't you just sit on down there, Tom? I'm going to sing you a song. And I'm like, thanks, Willie. And I've probably made dinner and stuff, like some, like, no, I don't know, cut steaks. Like, if you're with us, I've sort of probably just done you some sort of, I don't know. Like, that's... Is it that difficult <laughs> for you to think of a vegetable? 
<laughs> like a butternut squash risotto or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how do you think Willie Nelson would feel if we're out sort of doing <laughs> living that that life? I mean, you set up the fire to fucking knock up a butternut squash risotto. Have you ever made a risotto on an open fire? I have. Not on an open fire, no, but I've made many a risotto, yeah. Risotto on a, there's something very, very warm about doing it on a, in a, either like a sort of barbecue pan or, uh, yeah, mm. it's... Uh, uh, here's my thing with risotto. And, well, uh, I'm don't go in on risotto. I'm not going in on risotto. It's, risotto is great. Really like it. What I would say is that I have to really be in the mood to make it to make it because it takes a long time and it and when I say it takes a long time, what I mean is you have to be at the pan the entire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, if you walk away from process. that pan, you might as well just yeah. fucking call Domino's. Yeah, yeah. As you walk away, it is. I think it's the closest you can come to being actually in the pan yourself. Based on what? Well, just um, no, because you have. It to doesn't be... even. Do you know what? It doesn't even deserve a follow up question. No, you've just. Said. But you know, like okay, right. You know when you watch like F1 drivers and stuff, right? And someone who is so akin, fuck is this guy? <laughs> so, so akin to like the situation they're in, right? Like they're so akin to the situation. Like Lewis Hamilton you know, becomes look, 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 one look. with the car, right? Lewis Does Hamilton. Yeah. Like, what are you basing that on? Just have you ever seen him drive? Yeah, I mean. They're... Why does Lewis Hamilton come one well, with the car of, and the other? All of them, though. All of them come okay, one with the car. Anyone, gr- okay. like, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, Tiger Woods, the golf club just becomes an extension of his arm. Okay. Yeah, you know, David Beckham comes at one with his boots and with the ball, and it's just like. Okay, a- yeah, okay, I get where you're going. I don't, <laughs> I don't need any more examples. All right, go. All right. When it comes to a risotto, you become one with the pan and the spoon or the spatula, whatever you're cooking with. Spatula, probably. I imagine. Yeah. Spoon's quite okay. Yeah. I think you could have got I think you could have got to that final sentence without all the examples actually. <laughs> no, but uh but but the, the, my problem with it is that when you're when you're like adding the stock or whatever and then throwing in a bit of white wine or whatever you do it, um it's still not guaranteed that it's gonna taste great. Mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a bit of a lottery when I make I it. think herbs are essential. Seasoning is absolutely essential. Yeah, no. no. You know what? I'm not seasoning or putting any flavours in. That's the mistake I'm making. You're right. You're right. What a fucking idiot. What, what a fucking idiot. What you're doing is making porridge. <laughs> yeah, I put some oats and uh, and some almond milk and then 50. Have you ever made savoury porridge? No, but I tell you what I have done is um, I, I was I was on TikTok and some chef was saying even if you're making sweet porridge, make sure you add quite a generous amount of salt during the cooking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's just. It's a that is a game changer all day long. To the, all day long, it is such a game changer. I, you know, who I think is really disrespected amongst the world of sort of like oats and um, pulses and stuff, pearl barley. Uh, uh, okay, oats and pulses, I wouldn't put together. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> no, but you know, do you know who I think is really dis- disrespected <laughs> in the world of like pies and curries? <laughs> no. We- no, but in my kitchen, in my cupboards, yeah. the oats and the they reside with all the rice and yeah, yeah. I know. And you often say you often say to Catherine, "What do you fancy for breakfast this morning? Like, do you a porridge or a taka dal?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's no, but I do think pearl barley. Sometimes I just look at like a little bag of pearl barley and think, "Fucking hell, right, you've had it tough." Well, how do you mean? Well, like everyone's everyone knows about rice and oats and lentils, but not everyone knows about pearl barley. And it yeah. does a great job, man. It really is. A, it's a real. Well, when do you use pearl, when are you using pearl barley? You know what I like to do is I like to get some Mediterranean vegetables. Yeah, 
I diced them up nice. Little glaze of olive oil, little bit of oregano maybe on them, little salt, little pepper. I put them in to roast, right? Okay. You don't want these to you don't want these to burn. You need to keep a real eye on them, okay? Then I go to the pans. I pull out the pearl barley. I look at it and say, now it's your turn, right? I then put that onto uh, boil in a little bit of stock, making sure it's soft and it's gorgeous, right? I then add the pearl barley to the pan with the mixed vegetables. I give it a little stir and, uh, yeah, maybe throw in a little lump of butter just to sort of give it that real glazy feel, that sort of like coating that makes you just go, oof, it's, it's winter and I don't care. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's actually a very simple dish that you've kind of elongated the preparation of, isn't it? <laughs> no, but that's how that's how I thought. Like watching you fucking take s- ten minutes to describe how you make beans on toast. <laughs> so you, well, you, take could... a li- you take a little. You take a little bit of central <laughs> bread, slap it on its arse, stick it on the toaster. What you want to do is you want to stick the toaster on free. You don't want to overdo that bad boy. Then you get yourself the baked beans. Rotate they the must tin in your hand. Be Heinz. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you that give story the tin, about my give dad. Give the tin a little tap three times on the top just to let the beans know you're there. And then you pull back on that ring pull. And you say, hello, babies. It's time for you to step into action. Sorry, anyway, go on. Did you ever, I, was, I remember going for a meal with my dad once in the family. Yeah. And uh, when the waitress came to get the order, she said, um, what, what are you after, sir? And he said, uh, oh, it's a soup Heinz. And she said, no. And he said, no, don't worry about it then. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Ever tell you about my dad being convinced that Indian restaurants treat white people better? No. My, my dad had this theory when we were kids that Indian restaurants just didn't bother to te- to treat Asian cu- customers the same way that they treated white customers, right? But which is, I I think there may have been some evidence to support his theory. I mean, he must have based it on his experiences of going into Indian restaurants. But what it meant was he'd go into every Indian restaurant with a chip on his shoulder. Oh, I love right? this. This is genuinely <laughs> one of my favourite things. So we were... This is, you, weirdly, going, just quickly, just to jump in, my dad says it's about pubs that you become regulars in. Like oh, really? Yeah. Well, you don't get treated as no, well as... Right, no, right, right. No, no, no. You get... Yeah. Once you become a regular in a pub, they couldn't give a fuck about you. They know they've yeah. got you. You're done. Yeah. So this is the time, remember, where, this is the time when, back in the 80s or whatever, nobody nobody was so favoured curries as they are now. So in that time, you know, no, people run... Basically, I'm explaining to my dad was asking about a biryani, even though now everybody knows what a biryani is. But anyway, we went to the restaurant and he said, my dad said to the guy, does the biryani... We're about to sit... We sat down ordering. And my dad was a pretty relaxed guy, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is why it shocked me so much. He said, uh, can I just ask, does the biryani come with rice? And the guy goes, yeah, it comes with rice, you know. And then my dad went, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't have asked you. The question was, does the biryani come with rice? Don't tell me I know. If I, it was just like really fucking went into one. Oh, wow. And then the waiter just went really quiet. And I, I find it, I don't know, I used to, if my parents used to complain about shit, I'd find it so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, it basically, it basically ruined the meal, to be honest with you. Isn't it like such a weird thing, like, of your parents complaining? It's just such like... Oh, no. Like even um, my mum still talks about this moment, like with absolute pride. Like when we um, went on family holiday, right, with like all my cousins and stuff, and uh, we went down to I think it was like fucking Devon or Cornwall. Yeah. And um, my parents and like 
took like my uncle and auntie and some friends of the family, all invested in a really shitty old um, hospital uh, minibus, right? So it was cheaper to travel in that rather than free cars. Um, oh my God, really? And, yeah, yeah. And they sort of set it up like we were getting on a plane. Um, but it had wiped down seats and like bench seats. It was like, so they did, it was this horrible old, like genuinely all of us used to get in it, all the kids, and you'd all duck down until you're sort of 20, 30 miles away from home just so no one saw you in it. Um, now I look back and I look back and it's a, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely memory. thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, we all went for these fish and chips, right? And we didn't have much like money at the time. So it was like things like going for a fish and chip supper, like as a, like eating out basically at that time was like yeah. a big deal. Like everyone, yeah. Old, yeah and it, we all basically went into a fish and chip shop and uh, my, uh, basically we all grabbed our fish and chips, we're eating it, we covered it in salt and vinegar, right? And then one of my cousins notices that there's flies in the, uh, oh. in the vinegar like loads oh of dead flies, God. right? Oh my and God. And she, she's like one of my favorite people in the world, right? But she is like, she's like, if she could create a scene out of anything, she'll fucking make right, a right, mess. Right. You know, she's more dramatic than me in these these situations. Like we'd vibe for, you know. But Hard she, to imagine, but she, yeah. she literally started screaming, right? And screaming? Like, yeah, right, pointing at the vinegar. Like all the parents are like, you know, we were like, oh my God, like dead flies, you know. And my mum sort of stepped into action, right? And my mum's like, this is disgusting. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. How sad is this? Me and my sister were so excited to be at an actual fish and chip shop and didn't think that we'd get any other food for the rest of the night eating out. We were wolfing down the chips with dead flies. <laughs> and my mum was like, it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen. It's everyone See, else little... in the restaurant is just like going, oh, God, there's flies in the vinegar. Oh, and the people are going, oh, my God, we haven't seen them. I'm so sorry. And then you've got two fucking kids just wolfing it down going, don't take our chips away. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, a really embarrassing experience. As a, this is about me being a fat kid again. But um, we went to an Indian restaurant with some... My mum and dad used to be like, friends with lots of different Sri Lankan families and we we'd we'd often be like going and like go and socialize like go to their house they'd come back to us every weekend my mum and dad were visiting somebody or having someone over right I love that so um this one particular night we went out to a Chinese restaurant near where this family lived in Purley and um you know I was quite self-conscious about my weight as I was for every day of my life and continue to be so and um I uh basically was pulling my chair in and the waitress was sort of helping me with my chair <laughs> and I I accidentally like shifted the chair onto her foot, like the, the, the foot of the, the chair. And her face sort of crumpled up in agony, right? And then she started crying. Right. Like Oh my god. Like <laughs> I know the Chinese like restaurant you mean in Pearly as well. It's quite it's yeah, the, quite a famous. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, with, with the waitress with the limp. <laughs> but it was it was just foot. Yeah, it was just um it was just so embarrassing to be self-conscious about being overweight and then making a waitress <laughs> cry with the weight of your body. What did everyone do? Well, everybody tried to sort of style it out and kind of move on. But the fact of the matter is, is that the fattest kid at the table had managed to injure the waitress <laughs> within seconds of arriving. Man, it's so... <laughs> she was properly... She was properly crying. <laughs> it's so fucking... Um, just weird that you talk about Chinese restaurants. My dad's best friend was a guy called Willie, like William, and he was like a Chinese guy. 
and he had uh, Chinese restaurants and fish and chip shops all around, like sort of our area. But mm. we were like similar thing. Actually, was he rich? He was pretty well off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, my dad used to do his car, and my dad got on really well with him. He was one of those people who was rich, but you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know he was rich. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. But um, they they were like really close friends of ours, and still are. You know, growing up, and uh, we used to Chinese uh, New Year, and like we used to go to Chinatown with them, and like or go to like Chinese restaurants, and and uh, we used to sort of like he's one of my favourite ever memories. But I remember going to Wong Keys for the first time, and eating downstairs, and having like um chickens chickens feet and stuff and like i was the only i was like this little english boy who just ate literally eat anything because i was always like my mum was like it was a ridiculous thing how greedy you were as a child but it was like yeah i used to love going like to sort of places like that and I remember, like the first time going for curries and stuff and because my dad doing what he did for a job he, he had like such a sort of like, wide diversity of friends who sort of like would drop in stuff and you know it was, yeah. My, my mum was really obsessed with healthy eating. Did I tell you before that my mum was like, mum used to send me to school with like lentil crisps and stuff. My mum was like, we didn't have chocolate in the house until I was like eight. Um, really? Yeah, my mum was like, yeah. My, 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 yeah, my mum was the exact opposite. She thought that, you know, she she, had, she saw no negative effects of sugar. She just thought <laughs> sugar was a great way of making kids eat something. You I know mean, what? So it's, it's, I think your mum's got it right because I rebelled so much against it. Like as soon as I could eat sugar and like like at school and stuff, I was such a fucking greedy piece of shit. Yeah. Whereas I'm one of the healthiest eaters you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had no ongoing issues for it. I I, I uh, uh um like I, I genuinely like when I look at how Lisa was brought up. Like, and like, every, I've had to have so many like I've had to have so much dental work and stuff done. Whereas Lisa's had to have none. And she was brought up the same way with you as you. And also, you've not had any fillings, no, have you? No, no, no. no, there you go. So I think that's a result of like. Yeah, but like now, I, like even Catherine said to you, and my mum said to me, I'm like, you need to look at what you eat and drink. Why? Because I was literally like, I've lost a relative <laughs> decent amount of weight because so I'm doing yeah, what you're yeah. good boy. But still, like, like when my mum was here, the other, my mum back home stayed, and. Um, I was like having fuck it. She was like, "Yeah, three cans of coke." You're like having chocolate bar. Like, that's disgusting. This, right? This is this is genuine. One of the lowest things. Like, and Catherine's constantly sort of having a go at me about it. I brought Catherine as a sort of joke gift from um, Grace for Valentine's Day. I brought her loads of bits, but from Grace, I brought her. We have a you know we're doing the night feeds and everything. Mm. So I brought her like this selection box of Cadbury's chocolate like bars, right? Because we've right. we have a joke about. People buying fancy chocolate, but you can't be Cadbury's kind of like. Yeah. Sounds hilarious. Yeah, go <laughs> you got to be there. Um, it's what we call rom- romantic titter tatter. Um, <laughs> and I ate all of the bars in Catherine that I brought for Grace, right? <laughs> to the point where she came down. Uh, over, uh, hold on, but how, how did this. Did you eat them in all in one sitting? Was it great? No, no, no. The, gra- like, no, I mean, I probably ate sometime to Like, I'd go and have a crunch in and sit there for about 10 minutes and go. Actually, that double decker's probably. I don't think Catherine even likes that. I convinced myself that I was doing her a favour until yeah. she went down there and there was one fucking dairy milk there. And she was like, What the fuck is this? And she told my mum this. My mum was like, Oh my God, we really have to do something about like what he's eating. And then, like, Oh my God, so they staged an intervention? Yeah, well, no, because then obviously me and you were, my parents came and look after Grace and uh, Catherine last, last week because uh, things me and you have talked about. And I'm like, My parents were very, very amazing to come and do that. Yeah, and uh, me and you were on the we were gigging and, and whatever. But then, like, 
I'm sort of not late, but then Friday night, I'm like, I just get a fucking fish and chips, right? Mm. Saturday, I'm like, this. My dad loves the curry. My dad's upset, and at the curry house near us, as I've said before, is amazing. So my dad's like, it's the law. He has, a, you know. But then for lunch, I'm like making paninis and stuff and having chips. And my mum's like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an intervention of like, you, you just because you've lost a bit of timber, probably through stress and anxiety, um, doesn't mean that you can just eat whatever you want. Because like, there's still that it, visceral fat is the biggest prick you can have. Yeah, sure. But 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 like, um, do you think you've got a problem? Well, they, yeah. If I, I've got a problem with, I've got a very addictive nature. Yeah. Yeah, I have too. Uh, so. Flo, shout out Flo. Amazing, by the way, Flo. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like smash last week. She got me, um, look, you know, it was my birthday on Sunday, so. Uh, yeah, she well, got me. Kept very, uh, we'll talk about this. I'm very annoyed with you. You kept it very quiet. Yeah, annoyed? Okay. Yeah, you kept it so quiet. So she got me, as I think I've talked about in the podcast before, uh, I love black truffle crisps, right? It's a bit bougie, I know, but I love them, right? They're so good. Anyway, she bought me like a little for my birthday, bought me like a little food hamper thing nice. with two massive bags of those black truffle crisps, right? And, and it's so dangerous for someone like me, man. It's like every 10 minutes or so, not 10 minutes, a bit of an exaggeration, but every now and again, I just pop over to the drawer, pour myself a bowl of crisps. I'm not even hungry. Not yeah. even hungry, right? No, I'm with you. And then just smash through 400 calories of crisps for nothing. <laughs> it's so mental. Wait. I literally, this this is like where me and you fall in. So it's like, I brought a load of, like, oh, this is pathetic. I was really worried, right? For some reason, you know, they do giant Watsits, right? Yeah. I was really worried that giant Watsits were just going to be a temporary thing and mm. that Watsits were. You know what? I, I think actually, I'm starting to think, because this is a running theme with you. I think for the sake of your of people's health and safety, these companies need to say exactly what's going on with these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With these products. Anyway, I brought an insane amount of giant what's it. Right. Like the hot ones and the cheese ones. Yeah. And they're in these fucking great big bags. I can see yeah. it. And Catherine, like the amount of times in the last six months, Catherine's come in and gone, have you eaten another big bag of giant what's it? <laughs> it's that tone as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, but like disappointed in you and just like absolutely like baffled by a human being who can eat a big, massive bag of... And then she'll go, I might just do some popcorn. I'll go, oh, do me a bag. Like, <laughs> like I'm a fucking bin. I, I cannot have somebody in the house be eating food and not have a bit of that. I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. It doesn't matter if I've just had a massive dinner. If Lee, if Lisa hasn't had dinner and she comes in or something, she goes, I think I might do myself something. Yeah, I'll have a bit as well. I'll have a bit as well. Mate, it's so it's fucking... pathetic. Mate, that... Literally, my parents arrived on Monday. Me and Catherine had had uh, lunch. My mum comes in and goes, oh, it'd be nice to have a toasty or something. I made them both a toasty and I made myself too. Of course you <laughs> did. What, what, is, what, is, what, what is that? It's so it's... fucking like, like, what are you doing to yourself? I know. Like I have a problem that I think the world, is, at some point they're going to go, all right, everyone, that's enough for eating now. You've got two yeah. days off it. And my mum, you know, my mum drops off these uh, Sri Lankan care packages. Yeah. She will, she will sometimes, she'll go to me, Romish, I've done you enough for a few days just to sort of stick that in the freezer or whatever. And then later on that night, she'll text me again, how was the food? And I haven't got the balls to tell her that I actually finished it. I I finished (laughs) three days supply of curry. In like two cities. Sometimes <laughs> I, I, I've, I've done it to the level where I actually feel uncomfortable. I, I feel really uncomfortable. I'm sat on the sofa oh, going, 
I don't think my body's designed to contain this amount of food. Like, I think I might burst. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, I'm you, in pain because of how much food I've crammed. You know that mean, my... you mean you've got that one lucky thing that you do feel like that, right? I've got a friend, right, who says he never feels full. Oh, God. He just eats and eats. And, eats. and you know the saddest, most annoying thing? He's God. not even that big. Mm. If I was to introduce you and I'd say, oh, da da da, this is da da da, right? Yeah. You go, hello, mate, how are you? All right? Oh, nice to meet you. Look, I've done, didn't do your voice then, actually. It's annoyed me. Um, mm. And he'd be like, hello, oh, you know, big fan of your work type thing. And then I'd whisper in your ear really quietly and go, that's the guy who's never fought. And you'd go, fucking hell, you're joking. What I'd hope is you'd have the actual fucking common sense to maybe just tell me before. But well, two things: one, I don't; it's not essential information. Second, why lean over and whisper it to me in front of him like a bad sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like just so you know, right? Okay, just so you know when you and then I reckon you. Some of you would go, "Why did you have to bloody whisper that?" But another bit of you would go. Mm. So you'd prefer it if he was it was massive, would you? Yeah, because then I'd, I'd feel better about myself. Okay, so you're sort of throwing him under the bus so that you feel better. Yeah, about because yourself, like if I if I was never full, I'd never stop eating. The only yeah. thing well, I have no, in my corner it, is that at times I sit there and go, "Oh, I didn't need yeah. to eat fucking. I didn't need yeah. to eat a large fish and chips and then f- f- finish off everyone else's chips yeah. and batter." Do you ever have that where like? Somebody will say something like, "Oh God, I've I've got to stop eating. I've, I've actually I've eaten a donut and a half this morning." And you think, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I, I I've eaten a donut and a half before I even registered. I'm eating donuts. <laughs> like don't don't come to me with your pathetic examples of gluttony. Thank you very much. Since I was a kid, right as well, the thing that I always get whenever I go around someone's house for food is this: right, you turn up, they go, "Well, we've cooked loads, loads and loads." Lucky enough, Tom's here, if there's any left over. <laughs> I get it all the time. And it is a kid. Done an extra 10 fish fingers, just in case Tom's hungry. Yeah. The, the only thing that sort of saves me is, is being like vegan or plant-based, whatever the fuck you're supposed yeah, to call yeah, it, yeah. Um, is that I can't, that limits. Do you know what I mean? If, it, otherwise, I'd be eating everyone's leftovers. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I look in the fridge and I think, oh, there's a big thing of pasta there, but then it's got cheese in it. So I'm like, okay, well, that's the only thing yeah, that's yeah, stopping yeah, me yeah. Devouring the whole lot. If I was at your house, I'd be eating it. Anyway, we should move on just to say about your this birthday thing. Oh yeah, go on, yeah, go on, Jonas. I was going to move on. So 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 quiet about it, man. We spent all week together last week, and you didn't mention it once. Like, why would you? Why would? Why would a a man in his forties mention his birthday? Because it's like I'd have liked to have got you something. You don't need to get me anything. You're my friend. Yeah, but you're also. Uh, you're my brethren. Sure. The thought of you waking up on your birthday and Lisa and every, all the kids just sort of like swaddling you in love, right? Mm, mm. And then Lisa going, oh my God, there's a massive present at the door. And you go, what the bloody heck? And then you'd walk out and it would be something from me. And you'd go, that bloody guy. You'd like that, would you? Yeah. 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 Couldn't even do me the birthday present of not doing my fucking voice for like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, speaking of last week, can we just say, Tom and I wow. uh, were absolutely buzzing after the Wolf and Owl shows. And uh, we did the Hackney show on Thursday, Saffron Walden Wednesday. 
and Soho on the Monday. And all three of those shows were so much fun. And um, actually, at the end of the Hackney show, this is slightly embarrassing, but I I, I would just be in the interest of being open and honest with our listeners. We're kind of a bit overwhelmed, weren't we, with the the response at the end of that show? Like, genuinely, yeah. I felt very emotional. It was like, like, just crazy. It was a lot of of love in the room, man. A lot of love. All all, all three of them. Yeah, all three of them. But yeah, I think just, uh, yeah. The size of Hackney was just kind of like, wow, that's that was a very special thing, my brother. And I, yeah. like, I looked at you, and I didn't think I could love you anymore. But I remember like just holding you, and your sweaty sort of brow just sort of like sort of sort of filling into my sort of shoulder, and sort of like just holding you there, and just thinking, yeah. fuck it. None of just uh, just none of this happened. Um, <laughs> I t- but but speaking of sweaty. Um, the room upstairs afterwards, we had a few people come yeah. in and like visit. It was so fucking hot. Yeah, it was, was like yeah. so insanely hot. And and other people, I've realised now. I don't for some reason. I feel I find it embarrassing to comment on the temperature of a room, or what? I just don't do it. I I don't know. I was stood there absolutely baking, like sweating, like sweating so much that I felt slightly uncomfortable about talking to people because I thought I really am. I am basically fucking <laughs> moist. And um, and at one point, Lisa McGrillis, shout out Lisa McGrillis, and uh, I was sh- sh- chatting to to Lisa and Mandeep Dylan, and Lisa um said it's really hot in here, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it is hot. It's almost like I'd been given, I'd been liberated from not speaking up about it, as if somebody standing really in your pants for the vest, yeah, as if somebody really terrifying was in charge of the room's temperature. It was uh, yeah. I mean, I would say that's one of the most boring things I've ever said. But anyway. No, I think it, I think it's true. I think that yeah. I, personally, I was like, as I've said before, I keep quite a sort of a level of cool about me, mm. and sort of like yeah. And also, I sort of stood over on my own a little bit, right, just to sort of like yeah, just to take in the wonder. Um, and it was nice actually because I sort of just watched you work the room, and I thought, fucking hell, that's my Tom, brother, Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> you have never seen me work a room. Okay, I can guarantee it. Do you know why I know that? Because I never have, and never will. I love you. I, I, I just you're don't. So, I, I just. Don't. You're so sweet. It's so true. You find a couple of people that you sort of know, and then you just hang on to them. I find those. Look, I find those. I find groups of people ter- frightening. Not frightening, but like I just don't like it. I the the, the idea of navigating t- through a group of people like that. I find. I remember once I did an Edinburgh show uh, at the Pleasance Courtyard, and I'd finished the show, and I walked out, and in the courtyard was like loads of comedians I knew. Uh, that's, that's Ed Gamble, well, James like Acaster, loads of loads of nice people. Um, individually lovely blokes uh lovely people look got a lot of time for them i turned around and went the other way because of the because that that sounds no disrespect to them i just i i found it too anxiety inducing to 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 walk through this sort of talks about the level that we're both at at edinburgh like i could name the people that i would have sort of been hanging around with or seeing and they were nearly no one would know who they were talking about curly and the banana man or something like that I, I I did. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember hot tub time machine? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean hot tub time machine. I mean hot dub time yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, do you remember that? Mean, yeah, yeah. So do you know they used to do that in Edinburgh. It's like the yeah. time traveling like, disco yeah. night. It's a great night out. 
Um, and then I, I, this, I, I went to a few of them. And one of them I went to, the fire alarms went off in the gilded balloon. So like they evacuated the thing. And everybody said, oh, we're carrying on in the, I can't remember what bar it was, some bar. Like, it was like some main like foyer bit of the Pleasant. And I was late, I sort of was walking into the thing and I, the doors opened and I saw everybody there and I just fucking went home. <laughs> like just cause, I just couldn't face the fucking face. This I'm is like, the difference. Like I was such an outsider in those situations. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like you go to the, everyone, everyone would go, oh yeah, everyone's going to the library. But I would spend the whole month trying to get into one of these bars. Like, trying to sort of like lurk around just enough or just make friends with one person who might be out and get you in. And then eventually you get in there and then realise that no one wanted to talk to you anyway. No. It's like, yeah. I, I do think, I do think it's one of the reasons that I sort of uh, fell out of love with the Edinburgh Festival is that... Um, is that kind of networking? I think it brings out the worst in people. I, I, I think that like it, it, it makes people really competitive. Yeah, uh, it makes people constantly compare themselves to each other. You you're getting reviewed out your ass. You're looking reviewed at reviewed as well posts. by by people whose opinion is like without being those Edinburgh reviewers are the lowest reviewers like, for the most part. Like we've talked about this on on it before, I believe, but. I think that they, the relish they take in just sort of like really like giving a kick in to someone who's just started out in probably what I'd say is the most nerve wracking, fucking lonely uh, art form there is in stand up comedy. The relish yeah. they uh, take it, uh, in doing that. It's, it's even more lonely in Edinburgh. The, 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 thi- the, the, the thing that's horrible is like you do your show and then you get a couple of shit reviews in the first oh, week man. or whatever. And then you know that you've got to do it for the rest of the month. You know, you you either just sort of grin and bear it, and but also say, the I fact that all of your all of your peers know, right? So then you've got a thing it's of walking. So horrible. Then you've got a thing of walking into somewhere that you've got a bad review, a real stinker, right? Yeah. And all you hear is people going, "Oh, I might come and see your show. I'll definitely come down. It's quite hard to get tickets, but I'll sort you something out." Da, 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 da. And then you'll go, "Hi guys," and they'll go, "Um." Hey, hey, how are you? All right, is the show going any better? And yeah, you know, no, because everyone's there's an element of good people and support there, right? But you feel like such a fucking loser. The amount of times doing a show at ten o'clock at like that finish at ten o'clock at night, I'd literally just walk. Home. I wouldn't even my show had been bad. I was like, it was soul destroying. I'd walk home on my own, just sort of thinking, why am I even here? What am I even doing this for? It's a horrible I've, feeling, man. I've got fucking weeks of this left. Yeah. Doing a show I don't believe in. Not just that I don't believe in, no one does. Do you know what? I, 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 uh, not, that this, not that this podcast is about advising people on how to do Edinburgh, but the, the, the last time I went, I made... Th- I, I took Lisa and the kids came with me because Lisa was pregnant because I'm an insensitive husband and father. Um, but that was amazing. Do you know what I mean because like yeah, but it was about more than comedy then, wasn't it? Yeah, because but then you you just do the show and you're not you're not just thinking about comedy nonstop. It's much better. Anyway, Tom, sorry I didn't mention it's my birthday. Okay. Yeah, but, but I will get you something, a little token, anything no, like a ring or no. something. You can, you know, you wear it weekends. What do you get me? One of those little friendship rings that falls apart if you take it off, <laughs> so that you know. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So loads people, loads people had them. Their couples had them. Where it's like. You can't put oh, it back together. I wonder where you'd, you'd even get. I wonder where you'd even get one of those. I don't know. Like a pinky ring one. <laughs> yeah. 
let's talk about the. Uh, I know we're not a topical. This isn't mock the week, but can we talk about the big news of the week, which no, is no, Will Smith? Will yeah, Smith yeah, 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 slapping Chris Rock. Now, number one, shout out Chris Rock, Rock's chin. Oh my God! Looked like he hadn't even been hit. Man, do you know when I first watched it, I was like, oh, "Is this staged?" Like, yeah, a lot of people said that because yeah. just the way that, for, like, this sounds really fucking. I think you're going to rip me for it, but like the difference between like when you have done like martial arts or boxing or whatever. Oh my God. No, but how you punch, and then the yeah. difference between stage punching and punching in a film to make it yeah. look overly elaborate so people yeah. can, you know, if you watch anything, right, there's always these big sweeping movements. So if you go back and watch Will Smith's, it's like a big, it's not like a punch that you'd you'd normally do. It's like a, quite a staged punch. But then he's obviously just had an insane amount of fight training over his life that's... I, I, guess, I guess he, I, I, this is pure speculation, obviously. All of this is pure speculation. I've not spoken to either Chris Rock nor Will Smith about this. Who both but, are um, big fans of yours and your hip-hop fans. Oh, um, massive, massive fans. I know uh, Will Smith, uh, at, at, when he was... Um, <laughs> When he was promoting After Earth, I know that in a lot of interviews he talked about Judge Romesh as a, a sort of a, a thing that he would watch to kind of get himself in the zone. But um, two things. One, I don't think he wanted to really... I don't think he wanted to properly hurt Chris Rock. I no. think he just wanted to show that he's pissed off. If you go back and watch it just quickly, he laughs when the I know. Chris Rock... And then, then Jada look. looks very upset. Yeah. Yeah. That, so then, you know that just after that moment the camera pans back to Chris Rock, something said... Yeah, either something said or Will Smith looks across at his wife yeah. and thinks, fuck, man, I don't want my wife to feel like that. So he's yeah. gone up. Or he but yeah, it, feels bad because he laughed and he shouldn't yeah. have. But, yeah. but the thing that's so mad about it is you're at the Oscars, right? And that is a long walk from his chair up to Chris Rock, right? Yeah. And Chris Rock is laughing because he thinks Will Smith's going to do something funny uh, as he would do in every other instance of this happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so you sort of think that is a lot of time to reflect on whether you should carry on with this. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. if 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 Chris Rock's right in front of him, and then he just slapped him, you go, okay, I sort of, even though that's mad, I sort of get it because it's in the heat of the moment. But you've had to fucking walk up to the game. So whether though, you know on I mean? that like, walk, it's the adrenaline is building rather than subsiding, right? Yeah, the anger I guess is so. like because even like even after he's done it, he goes and sits down. And he's still yeah. fucking absolutely furious. You know? Yeah, he is. Like, like he's like, he's, I, I, he's, he's, I know it's bad. And like, I, like, as a comedian, I just felt for like Chris Rock in a way of like, I, 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 like no, mate, when it's... Chris Rock is like on stage at the end of it and like, is like, and he's like, keep your name, keep a name out of my mouth, uh, your mouth and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay, fine, I will. And it's like, yeah. like we've all as comedians felt like had something that's happened to us and we've had that moment where you're like, all right, mate, it's a comedy show. You know, I've had like, yeah. like genuinely, I remember when like doing stand up, doing it in Croydon, having a joke about something and then someone calling me and threatening me. Like, yeah. you know, because he thought I was joking about him. Like it's a sort of moment of like, so, and, and that monologue is for whatever reason, the Oscars has become slightly a roast. It's, it, I think it's, that's something that's probably happened more in the last sort of 10, 15 years. It's lent into this sort of, like these award shows become more about rinsing well, people. Let, 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 well, let, let, let's be absolutely honest. It's a, it's a fucking joke that they have the Oscars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's like, it's like these people are acting in fucking films, like, like they've won the lottery of life. And then on top of that, 
they get this fucking awards, they, this awards ceremony where they're given like gift bags. Also, just to say, grass. I always feel like it's never representative of what anyone's watching. <laughs> like, I know. Like, why is Marvel and films like, I know like they don't need a fucking leg up. Why didn't Avengers, why didn't, yeah, but, yeah, why but the amount of people watching, like Infinite, Spider-Man, in, in, the new Spider-Man, yeah. the amount of joy and that's like such an amazing piece of work. Infinity Wars should have mopped up. Yeah, but even just fucking have how it looks. Yeah. Like, you know, and those things aren't easy to write with that amount of characters. Yeah. Anyway, we, I, I think, I suspect we might be sounding ignorant to film connoisseurs <laughs> here, but I'm yeah. happy to live with that. But, uh, but, but I, look, I, for my, and I, I, I've talked about this a bit. Obviously, it's only happened a, a day ago, but like, I just thought it was fucked up that Will Smith did. I'll tell you what I think is fucked up. I understand that Will Smith was angry on behalf of his wife. I also think that Will Smith is going through something at the moment. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, he yeah. sort of bears all the hallmarks of somebody that's that's struggling a bit, if I'm being honest. Um, I just think that there's... There, I just think... I believe there's something going on there. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know what it is, and I'm speculating. Even with his speech, you know, it felt like... Yeah, yeah, it's just something going on with that guy. So you you do have to give him... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, with that in mind, you give him a bit of like a bit of benefit of the doubt. But the fact of the matter is you can't, you just can't fucking go up and, and slap somebody. I realise that what Chris Rock said, I, I, and the other thing is, I don't know whether Chris Rock knew about the alopecia or not. It, 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 you know, and there are, there is a very complicated issue with identity and black women and their hair and stuff like that. And, and Jada Pinkett had been, Jada Pinkett Smith had been very open about her struggles with alopecia on Instagram and stuff like that. Whether Chris Rock knew that or not, I don't know. The thing but about Chris it's... Rock as well as a comedian, this might sound insane. Like I don't, I, he's, and I'm a massive fan himself. Uh, he never feels like someone who's out for getting just a cheap laugh at someone else no. to be met. He doesn't feel like ever like a mean guy who's just out there. Yeah. Like some of his stand up, and you know, I'd say anyone who enjoys stand up, would you know, Chris is amazing, right? But I, I, yeah. it doesn't feel like he'd just be being nasty just for the sake of being. It feels no. like whether it's just a sort of. It was a very. Like, it was a very kind of. If if Jada Pinkett Smith hasn't got alopecia, that is a very tame joke. It's yeah, a very yeah. soft joke, right? We, we can you know look, we can argue about whether it was a good joke or not, but I don't think that's really relevant. It's a very soft joke, right? Um, if she has got alopecia, it's, it, it gives it a bit more edge, and yeah, yeah. she was obviously upset by it. But what I don't understand, what I do not understand, is how you are, how anybody is allowed to get up. Slap the host, sit down, and collect your Oscar a half an hour later. How, yeah. how, like how, how the fuck is that allowed? Like to if happen? that happened at a golf club, you'd fucking there'd yeah, be a shooting. Yeah, 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 you're thrown out, right? And then, and then the Oscars are going. Yeah. They're investigating it now. What are you talking about? It's Just, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's. I mean, like, my problem is, you know, our problem is, is that we're always, always going to side with the comedian on this. You know yeah, I mean? but also, I get there's a part of me that can see where we'll come, like. Like you say, like their their issues as a couple have been quite out. You know, we they're there to be read, right? There's the situations yeah. that they've got themselves in. It's quite yeah. clear that they're in quite a tough, quite a tough time in their marriage, right? So things like this, where if she's upset and you're going for a bit, that that will feel a lot bigger. I'm not making any excuses because I completely, you know, I completely side with Chris and 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 like, but I, I do think it's a quite a when you're going through any sort of unstable time in your marriage or in your life, any moment like that feels so so big. Mm. And like any gesture that you feel like, I've dropped the ball there or I should have probably done so more about that, you can 
you know, you can go back and look like he, he might have just, yeah. And like even his speech afterwards, I found like, and his behavior really, even at the when you see like, you know, it's sort of like, he's not like going, oh, fuck, man. It's like he feels a bit like he's sort of made a bit of a joke out of it. And I think, you know, yeah. actually as well, you know, it's worth saying that Chris Rocker sort of, I think, handled it with, with dignity as Mate, well. It was, uh, and also the fact that he's, He's not bait, mate. He's not sort of gone into town on it. He's just sort of like being quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Will Smith yeah. has just issued a statement about it. Hold on. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to do it in like sort of Fresh Prince sort of rap or just read it out? Yeah. Uh, violence is wrong. No, I shouldn't do that. A bit. Uh, violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behaviour last night's Academy Awards is unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes are my, at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and I reacted emotionally. I'd like to apologise publicly to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologise to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees and everyone watching around the world. I'd like to apologise to the Williams family and, and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behaviour has stained what had been an otherwise gorgeous journey for us all. I am a work in progress. Um, it was he didn't apologise at all on the night to Chris Rock, did he? No. Like he was no. I don't know. It's, it's it's so fucked up, man. It's a difficult one, brother. Yeah. Right, do you want to do some emails? Have to be crooked, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Um, dear, so this is uh, this email is from the fruit bat. And it says, uh, Dear Wolf Allen, Swan, I've only recently discovered the podcast. I've just caught up with all the episodes. Absolutely love the pod. Keep up the good work. I'm quite a quandary, and I'm hoping the Wolf and Al can help in deciding what I should do. My parents have been married for 30 years. Just over a year ago, my mum started to come quite withdrawn. Seemed to be spending all wa- walking, waking moments on her phone. She was totally disengaged with any conversation I tried having with her and seemed like she was always thinking about something else. For a bit of background, my dad has suffered with severe, severe depression in the past. And the behaviour my mother was exhibiting was the behaviours my dad showed shortly. Uh, when he was going through this. Due to my mother's behaviour, I started to worry that she could be suffering in silence like my dad did. I tried speaking to her about it, but she didn't open up and said that she was fine. One evening when she left her phone unattended, I unlocked it and took a look at her messages. I can already feel the wrath of the wolf and Al coming down on me for this. And I believe, believe me, I couldn't feel more guilty for doing this. I totally regret it and wish I'd never looked, but it did come from a place of worry and care. I didn't expect to find what I discovered, but it turns out my mum's having an affair. I didn't read many of the messages, but let's just say... Uh, I was left in doubt. I, w- I, I was left in no doubt about what was going on. I have a turbulent relationship with my dad. As previously stated, he suffers with depression, and I do not. So I do not blame my mum for cheating on him. However, I do believe it's wrong. My dad is not an easy person to live with, and I don't think my mum has loved him for some time. I've kept what I discovered to myself and moved out of the family home about four months ago. So I thought that pretending not to know anything would get easier. However, in the last couple of months, my dad has started mentioning to me that he thinks my mum is cheating on him with another man. Every time he says this, I brush up his comments, quickly change the subject. But now I feel I'm part of the deception that I'm lying to my dad. I'm now stuck not knowing whether to tell my mum I know or to let my dad tell my dad uh, or continue as I have and keep the whole thing under my hat. My mum is a person I'm close to in the world. I'm really worried that saying something will ruin my relationship with her. Apologies for the long email. Kind regards to Fruit Bat. Uh, Tomo. Wow. Um, this one's a bit, a bit of a weird one, actually, because, uh, yeah, it's uh, like, not with my parents, but there's an element of like, it's a bit like, it's a situation that happened sort of within my family. And uh, I think that the, the biggest thing is speaking to your mother and having a discussion to say that you know, so that you're clear with her about, because... 
I think the worst thing that can happen in any situation like this is what you've got now is you've got three different people who ultimately are sort of related and, and should be the closest people that you have in your life. And all three of them are quite lonely and, you know, keeping secrets and, and, and or, or feeling sort of quite distant from each other. And actually, I think through talking to your mother and saying, look, you know, I feel like bad because I've done this, but, you know, showing her a bit of support as to the reason that you know why, but also... I think like getting your mum at some point to speak to your dad and, and sort of say what's going on. Cause I think, I think what can happen is in this situation like this is you sort of, you just, life is short. And I think that you're going to have, your mum is living by the sound of things, being pretty unhappy. Your dad is living, being pretty unhappy. And no matter the fact that they've been together all this time, I think that it, it takes a lot of courage and it takes, you know, to walk away from something rather than just live being really, really sad. And I think that, I think you, um, yeah, I think you, yeah, speak to your mum and then try and work out a way that she can move forward and your dad can move forward in a way, you know, because if he already knows, he knows, you know, and it's not something that, um, it's only been a matter of time before he finds out. And I think for your mum, I think there'll be a certain, you know, it's going to be very hard to deal with, but I think actually, for her to turn around and actually speak to your dad about it will sully it less and make it, you know, not quite as difficult as it has to be. But yeah, man, it's a hard one. And my thoughts go out to you, Fruit Bat. Bless you. Yeah. Fruit Bat, thanks for emailing in, man. I I, I would echo what Tom said. Uh, my, my, my dad, um, <laughs> my dad had, um, he had numerous affairs, uh, cheated on my mum numerous times. Uh, one in particular for like a longer time. And um, yeah, it's a very difficult thing to go through as a, as a child of that, um, knowing that that's going on. In fact, the, the, I had a slightly different situation where my mum found out and I, ref I just couldn't, I feel sorry for my mum and I've apologised to her for it since, but I couldn't believe that my dad would do that. So even when she... Even when they were talking about it, I just would I'd put the blame on my mum and go, "You're just making this up." Dad would never do that, but it turned out it turned out he did regularly. But uh, what my advice to you would be, uh, Fruit Bat, is exactly what Tom said, which is it's not really your responsibility to tell your dad. I think that what you need to do is, like Tom said, talk to your mum and sort of explain to her that you think that she should have a chat with him because the truth is, is that. If she doesn't want to be with your dad, then they need to split up, really. Um, and uh, and then if she doesn't, still what doesn't want to do that, I think you just have to live with it. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, let's hope that she sort of sees the the value in, in in telling him. But if she decides not to, my personal advice would be, and obviously I'm not an expert, and I'm speaking from pure ignorance here. It would be that you it's not you that tells your dad it's it's got to be it's got to come from your mum and and you know i think if you explain it from your side of things and explain the situation to her and also what you said in this email which is that you love your mum to bits and you understand why she would have done that um i think that's the way to go with it um it's a really difficult thing to go through mate and um for you to email in and tell us about it is, is a big thing. So uh, we don't take that lightly. So, so thanks very much and, and good luck with it, mate. I hope it, I hope it works out all right. Okay, Tom, you've Yo. got to go because we've made the rookie error yet again of not recording it at the weekend. We should be proud. Let's, let's always look at positives.
Okay. We, that we, there would have been a time where we've just gone, oh, let's just not do one. We've done it. Yeah. We're here. We've done it. Namaste. Yeah. 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 Let me just let me just say a few things. Okay, sure. Deirdre Polycast was a ferocious woman. And she would often get herself in scrapes. Like times when she'd sit on the bus and she would play her music without earphones. And if someone complained to her, she'd say, what's your problem? Why are you being? And I asked, God, man, you've got such a problem. Or times when she would go to a holiday resort and she would have parties all through the night. And when her neighbors from the uh, adjoining uh, apartments would knock on her door and say, oh, can you keep the music down and the noise down? She'd say, what's your problem? Why don't you like parties? Or if she was at a restaurant, she'd shout. Or if someone trod in the dog poo that she didn't pick up, she'd say, what's your problem? And one day, she asked an elderly gentleman by the name of Todd Grit. She said, here she was walking down the street, she dropped some litter. And he said, excuse me, are you going to pick that litter up? And she said, what, is it your street? What's your problem? And Todd Grit said to Deirdre, my problem is you. You are the problem, but you're the problem in yourself because somewhere deep inside, you've lost the love of yourself, so you're constantly going around trying to find arguments and trying to upset people just to make yourself feel validated. The truth of the matter is, maybe you could love yourself a little bit more and you wouldn't be searching for problems. You'd be searching for answers of how you could be better. I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is if you know a Deirdre, someone who's always kicking up and being aggressive or being too in your face, don't look to knock her down. Look to pick her up and ask her, yo, Deirdre, you okay? Things okay, girl? Because you know it's going to be okay. You got a friend in me. Shout out to our grit. It's always the ending, isn't it? That's a bit sticky. Uh, <laughs> what, um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And thank you to everybody that came to the live shows last week. More live shows to be announced forthwith. Yes, uh, it was it was amazing, man. We had such a great time. And, and we're coming north. Yeah, and please do get in touch uh, if you uh, with suggestions for how I open the podcast for next time. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, take care of yourselves. Much love. Big Peace up. out. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.